Welcome, everyone. It's a brand new day for a podcast called No BS with Brian and Susan. It is episode lucky number 13, which I have it on good authority that it's Susan's favorite number. It is. I like 13. I usually, well, it is also my birthday, but uh, I've always loved like Friday the 13th. I think that I usually, I don't think of it as a bad luck day. I think of it as like good stuff, I guess. I, I like it. <laughs> I, I, I like it too. Uh, yeah, this is episode 13 of No BS with Brian and Susan. We're here bringing you another of these fantastic podcast episodes where we talk about film uh, topics in our blind watch where we pick a movie we both haven't seen and review it this week is going to be a doozy ladies and gentlemen mm-hmm. Jesus Christ um, <laughs> so we're gonna get to all of that but first a little bit of the old entertainment news for you so we've got a few things on the docket today first off let's start out with some really fun awesome cute news the (laughs) mandalorian season two trailer baby yoda yay i'm so excited just to see more baby yoda (laughs) i uh well i'm glad they finished it i guess they had did, did they film any of that during covid or was it already done I don't actually know, but I I do know that the world needs more Baby Yoda. Like, we really do need this. <laughs> 100%. Like, I'm so happy. Any new content we're getting that doesn't look virtual, I think I'm just really excited about. Like, they, you know, it's just, it seems like with sports coming back, I know Dancing with the Stars is back. Um, I'll talk about it in a minute, but like uh, Bachelorette and stuff, like, they're starting we're we're branching away from the screens and they're they're making like productions that look normal to us that we're used to right 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 that's true um but this mandalorian season two trailer is amazing it doesn't give anything away it gives you just enough uh it shows mando it shows baby yoda it shows some characters we've seen before and introduces a new character which might be a jedi played by WWE champion Sasha Banks, aka oh. Snoop Dogg's cousin in real life. Oh, this is wait, true. Really? She's in the trailer. She's in the trailer. No, she's really Snoop Dogg's cousin. Yeah, yeah, that is true. <laughs> Sasha Banks is Snoop Dogg's cousin. Are you super stoked about that? Well, when I saw the trailer, because I forgot she had done the show, uh-huh. and when I saw her in the trailer, she plays that part where Mando. And yo, baby Yoda are in that like um, looks like that little industrial part of town, and there's somebody looking at them in the back, and she disappears, and she's all in black, and it's like when they say like the Jedi. Uh-huh. Uh, that's Sasha Banks, man, and that was cool as shit. Okay, yeah, no, I'm I'm excited. I we did we watched it not too long ago, but I already feel like I kind of forgot how the season one ended. I know that baby Yoda was with Mandalorian, like with with Mando. He stayed with him. That's all I remember. Right. And that's what the second season show, he's going to be with Mando on his adventures. And it's just yeah. amazing. And I guess the goal is to get this child to his 
people um, and they don't know who or where that is. So that's kind of like the overall story arc. Yeah, they're never going to be able to get rid of Baby Yoda, though. Like, that that they, that character needs to stay for as long as they're... If they kill off Baby Yoda, nobody's going to watch anymore. <laughs> well, they're not going to kill him off because it's Yoda. Isn't, isn't it the Yoda? No, it's not Yoda at all. Oh, Maybe they're just... So, the, actually, so when we say Baby Yoda, it's easier than calling it just a child because that's the character of um... the child. So, Mandalorian takes place... At several years after Return of the Jedi. So Yoda has died. And Yoda was a thousand something years old mm-hmm. um, when he died training Luke. And so this takes place after that. And as we've seen, Yoda is a force ghost. So there's no way he's coming back. So I think this is one of his species because there's another yeah. species of Yoda called Yaddle who's in um, some of the books and comics and um, she's actually in episode one, Phantom Menace, in the in the uh, Jedi Council room. So uh-huh. there are others, but everybody says it's Baby Yoda because it just, instead of calling it the child, because that's what they refer to it as, it's yeah. easier to call it Baby Yoda. So right, right. I like that uh, aspect of it. But it is Force-sensitive like Yoda and Yaddle are. Their species are Force-sensitive, so they have all of those uh, powers that the Jedi have. And as you can see, at 50 years old, this child is a baby, basically has crazy powers. So I like Mm -hmm. that. Yeah, I like it too. It's good. Uh, So yeah, check that trailer out. It is good. mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for season two. I am as well. October 30th, that is when it's coming out on Disney+. Plus. Let's move on. to oh my god i can't even read this you have to read this what what is this kardashian stuff with you oh well the only (laughs) i added it because i thought i i I said basically uh keeping up with the kardashian ends even though i've never kept up with them because i've never watched yeah i've never i've honestly never watched a full episode i think i've caught literally like i think i tried watching an episode once and for someone who, like, I'm kind of shocked I couldn't sit through it because I do watch, like, crappy reality TV sometimes, but I just can't stand them. So I, I can't stand them either. I, so they, finally, it's ending. I, I guarantee yeah. you they're going to have a spinoff show or they're going to do something else. Oh, I'm sure. I'm Watch Keeping Up with the West, Kanye yeah. West or whatever. Uh, right. But good. I think, what is it? Like, tw- I think they said like 21 seasons or something like that. I'm not really Which sure. Crazy and I awful. Mean, <laughs> I mean, they could keep going is what's, what's even crazier. And people would watch. They're like the Simpsons. Yeah. So. Uh, they're, they're, they're worse. The Simpsons <laughs> is the best. Yeah. Kardashians would be the antithesis of that. Right. Uh, yeah. Okay. So yeah. Kardashians is ending. Yay, yay, yay. <laughs> um, let's talk about Tenet. Uh, mm-hmm. how, so Tenet is still in theaters, going to be in the theaters for a little while. Yeah. What did it do box office wise in movie theaters? The answer is not well at all. It made no. like $20 million. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it made $20 million, which is probably, what did they think they were going to make? I don't know what they thought, but. No, I don't know what they thought either. It, do, it doesn't make sense. They should not. We, we've talked about it many times before. They shouldn't have released it because that movie is over $200 million to make. It needed 
over $500 to break even because of all the marketing. So making $20 million stateside and maybe, you know, 40, $50 million internationally, maybe. I mean, you just can't do that. I mean, release it. If they just released it on iTunes and all the platforms, they would have made money. And they you could think charge, so? They you think they would have made more? If they charge $20 to rent that rent tenant on all platforms, they would have made their money. Hmm. That's because interesting. Because every, everybody would have wanted to see that. Even if it wasn't in the IMAX or theater, people wanted to see that movie. Huh. They that would have been, I, they'll never know now, but I don't have the numbers, but does any, do you know, maybe we can look it up. How did Mulan end up doing? Oh, with Disney Plus? Yeah, uh, with there, because that was $30. Mulan box office. Let's see. Mulan, um, $37 million. Wow. And I wonder how much. Oh, and it costs. And that's a $200, 200 million. Dollars to, yeah. $200 million, Yeah. Uh, wow. But they did better than Tenet. <laughs> yes, they do. That's interesting. <laughs> well, I mean, I definitely wanted to see Tenet in the theaters, which is why I did see Tenet in theaters. And uh, I mean, it was dead. So I'm not surprised by these numbers. It was Trevor and I were literally two of like, there might've been four other people in the theater, maybe five had our own row. Um, we did go on an off time cause we didn't want to go like, you know, on a Saturday on, afternoon, Friday. Right. Yeah. We went on like a weekday during the day, like early. So it was very dead, but it was nice to be back at the movies. I'm not going to lie. It was really nice watching that in theaters. I want to go back to the movie theater. I'm, I I'm in there I, with you. I, it, it was, it was, it, I cannot deny that experience. I, I miss, especially a movie like Tenant. I really think needs to be seen on the big screen like that. Um, but I will also say that I don't know what it is with Christopher Nolan and his audio. Like still sometimes his score or whatever is happening is overpowering his dialogue. And it's so frustrating. That's in all of his movies. I that, know. And like people with masks on talking or something. Yep. Obstructing their face. It's a, it's his thing. It is. It so, is. So yeah, it didn't do well in theaters. Uh, going along those same lines as Tenet being back in theaters. More movies have been pushed back now again because, mm -hmm. of course, what is Hollywood thinking? Like nobody's going to go to the fucking movie theaters. So... When Tenet was released, it made $20 million. Nobody's going. They can't keep actual physical movie theaters open because the costs are too high and they're not bringing in enough people to watch movies. So, of course, Hollywood's like, okay, we're pushing everything back. And that's what we're seeing right now. Right. And one of those films is Wonder Woman. And I think it was pushed back to December right now, right? Everything is going to come out in December or they're not. Like, they're, they're going to yeah. have to do next year because, like... Top Gun 2 was supposed to be this summer, and they were the one of the first yeah. person to push it back to Christmas. Yeah. And just, everybody started doing it. So, like, uh, between Thanksgiving, which is not far off, uh -huh. and Christmas, I feel like there's going to be a tentative, like, thousand movies that are going to be released. But still, I don't think anybody's going to see them. <laughs> we're either going to have, like, jam-packed movies next year. Well, a lot of them will just be delayed, but I also won't be surprised if 
they do go more decide to be like, okay, fine. You could rent it like on, on virtual somehow. Like, uh, I, I just don't know what, like, I wonder how much it costs to make quiet place too, because I wonder if they could swing a rental at home without I mean, losing too much. Right. Well, so the bigger question is Susan and that we should discuss is I don't think movie theaters will ever be the same. Like, like with 9-11 mm-hmm. and airports and airplanes. Mm-hmm. It was very new at the time. It was strange, but now it's the norm. I think movie theaters are going to be the same way. And I don't know how, I don't know what or how it's going to be changed. It might be that only 50% of people could ever be in theaters again, or there will be a different model of movie theaters coming out, but I don't think they'll ever go back to packed houses. You think even if they come up with the vaccine, you think so? Not anytime soon. I, I really think this, this whole new way of with plastic shields, masks, <laughs> And, you know, half theaters empty. I think that's here to stay for a good long while. I mean, I do. I think it will be until they get a vaccine. But I think if numbers go down and they create a vaccine, I just feel like the vaccine's that security blanket. They're like, oh, okay, well, we're free now. But a vaccine would be just like the flu. Mm -hmm. So a flu vaccine might cover 10 to 20% of flu strains. Right. So you still have that. So my point is that maybe they won't close down, mm-hmm. but there might be protocols in place where it might be every other seat for years or keep up the restrictions, um, cleaning every seat, every after each use or something like that. I don't, I don't think it's going to be the same. Like when you and I were watching Wendy and the hunt back in March. Yeah. Well, I think, <laughs> I think you're right. I think that they'll keep up the cleaning stuff for a good while and maybe even spacing out the things. Maybe they will. Maybe they'll keep it up until keep up what they're doing until um, things feel like they are going back to normal. The only thing I think they may fudge on a little like or or budge would be the uh, maybe capacity just so that they could get more tickets if they can make it safe. Like Angelica. But but they have to do the virtual thing though. Like to, in order to get their money, I think they have to do it virtually as well. Like you can be a movie theater virtually kind of thing? Well, something like, uh, not virtually, but like on demand, like they have to release Mm -hmm. it at the same time, just because as we've seen, at least now, nobody went to see Tenet, like the arguably the biggest movie of the year. That was no. It was. It was. It was one. It was one. Yeah. It's gonna be the big. Not like maybe not make the most money, but uh-huh. it's gonna be the biggest movie everybody's want to see it this year. And it was going to do possibly a billion dollars. It hit made twenty million dollars opening weekend, and it's not gonna make any more than that. Uh, so it it would make sense that they delayed it or they just released like, hey, on iTunes, twenty dollar rental, and I guarantee you at least a couple hundred million dollars worth of sales for that. Yeah. I think, I, I do think people are going to opt for this uh, virtual. I think they'll keep up, uh, if they have to open, they'll maybe keep up the in theaters and virtually options. They might do that. Well, although it would be wiser to just do virtually, like just order online, like on demand, because then they're not having this option to get a, a cheaper rental, I guess. Right. But, 
Like, um, but I don't know. I really don't know what's going to happen. I think I, as of now, just in the like near future, I would say, cause Wonder Woman pushed back. Um, I think right now, Quiet Place 2 is still in December. I is, just think- Is um, Black Widow still on target or they push that back? Black Widow got pushed back too. Yeah, there you go, yeah. But I'm kind of surprised they did because they were gonna do what Mulan did, but they were also going to release in theaters. So I don't know, like, maybe it was just what, they, it probably was what they saw Mulan didn't make as much as they hoped. So that's probably why. Well, Mulan doesn't appeal to anybody. Like, it just, I mean. It appeals to kids a lot. I can't imagine me being a kid and wanting to see that movie. I <laughs> cartoon, yes, but not that movie. Oh, lots of kids liked it, but I mean, I don't know. So I, it says November six right now, but I thought it got pushed back even further. The it uh, might have black. Widow. And then the most recent uh, movie that maybe you watched. I know I watched. It was supposed to come out this weekend. Was Greenland, uh, the new action movie mm. with. Um, Gerard Butler, which is really good, by the way. But really, yeah, no, it's great. Okay. And uh, they pulled it on our interview day, and there is no release date scheduled yet. So, oh no. Um, oh, so that's why you didn't get to do that interview. I did do the interview. Oh, you did do it. They still do the inter- They still did the interviews, so I did that. And so how how are you going to get to? How do people watch the movie? So, so basically I asked that question to the PR people and they were mm-hmm. like, please just hold the review until, you know, when it comes out ever. And now I just mm-hmm. have a video interview with the filmmaker. And yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess I could post that now, but everybody's going to forget about it. Like this movie yeah, is would... going to be forgotten. You know, who cares when it's going to come out, you know, like it's right. Yes. It's a good movie and it's better than, most things we've seen, which we'll talk about later. I'm going to mention mentions, mm-hmm. but yeah, there's that thing of like, you know, Bill and Ted three coming out virtually, which was the smart, smart thing to do, but maybe people have forgotten about it already or like, who cares about these right. movies that are coming out because they're just on demand or whatever. So mm-hmm. there's something about going to the theater where it makes it an, an event, a thing you get to go places, see people and talk about it. So that's kind of being taken away right now. So yeah. Pete, things are getting pushed back and rightfully so. I mean, it's a good choice just because schools have now started and things are now opening more and Mm -hmm. COVID cases are now going up again because of kids. Well, they did go up. Well, okay. So more cases in schools and stuff like that, as as opposed to what they were. Yes, they're constantly going down, but we're hearing more cases of opening up in schools where kids are coming down with it. So hopefully it's, yeah, who knows? Who knows where we are? Uh, At this point, I, yeah, I, I think we don't know. I think we're going to be living this way for a bit, another year at least. So we'll yeah, see how I, things go in 2021. <laughs> that's, that's I'm like, let's get through 2020. Actually more so 2022, because I think we're, we're in this through 2021. I agree. I agree. Um, so there's, there's the state of affairs with the theaters and movies right now. And now we have to do our, our episodic segment with Susan. Mm-hmm. 
The Bachelor, The Bachelorette. I know everybody's just dying on Susan's every word to see what's happening. And I am too, because I am going to be watching. Uh, I think you're going to love this piece of news because you're going to think it's entertaining. But uh, Colton Underwood was The Bachelor two bachelors ago. And he famously jumped a fence after the girl he loved, Cassie, left the show because she was like, I'm not ready for an engagement. So he literally jumped. jumped, Yeah, well, because when they put you in the house, like for production, you're kind of like, you know, they keep you in this isolated area and there's like a fence. There's like this legit, like, you know, automatic fence, basically, that they'd have to push a button to open. And so when Cassie left the show, and he was down to his final three girls, and she left the show, and he was so broken hearted. He was pissed. He's like, I want to leave. And they're like, uh, he's like, open this fence. And they're like, we can't. Like, we need like a thing. We can't open. He's like, and he just jumps it. It's really, it was, oh my God, that season, they teased that so much. It was so funny when it happened. But he, it led him to break it up with, break up with the other two women. And he went after Cassie and said, I love you. I just want to date you. We don't have to get engaged. And I mean, actually, it was really a great ending to the show because she ended up falling in love with him. And they just were, they dated for like over a year. They were together. They like, he moved to California, to like LA to be near her or something. And so they were, they were seeming like an awesome couple. And then just recently, uh, he even, he got COVID and her, her and her family took care of him. And it was really like, I thought they were a done deal, but recently they broke up just a few months ago. And literally last week, it's in the news that Cassie has filed a restraining order against him. <laughs> and it's been approved. Everyone was like, what? How? Like, why? Like, what happened? Because it just went from like, it went from like two really sweet Instagram posts of, you'll always mean everything to me. I love you forever. Sad did we parted ways. So then they unfollow each other. And then it's like restraining order. And apparently the, the courts have said, um, or they've released what she put in there to get the restraining order. And basically, and this is all allegedly, who knows, you know, we don't know allegedly. if this is really happening. I, I mean, I want to give everyone a shot to explain themselves, you know, and this is entertainment news. So it could be a lie for all we know. Well, news in general, we never know what's true. <laughs> um, but she apparently he would take walks around her house. He like uh, texted her under an alias pretending to be her stalker and then admitted, sorry, it was me. He put a tracking device on her bumper and there was text messages that said, like, I can't believe you did this to me. Like, I can't believe I wasted. Susan, <laughs> we watched a movie about this. I have. to watch. <laughs> Do you remember yeah. what it was called? Wait, is this supposed to be like Trap Model or what? Acrimony. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I was like, I, was like, I don't remember this trap. It's legit. Yeah. Except he's her from this point. Who knows? Right? Who knows? I don't know. They're I don't describing know acrimony and it's great. <laughs> I don't know which one is Taraji P, but um, <laughs> apparently he sent her like text messages like harassing her and all this stuff so 
nobody knows what's true or not. That's the that's in the news. That's what it is. And um, oh, there, that's it's crazy. I just <laughs> I'm just in shock. If you knew this, if you watched them, well, you'd probably be like fucking hilarious, totally predictable. <laughs> <laughs> well, somebody who's going to. Uh, jump a fence mm-hmm. <laughs> on my TV. Something, something's up. Well, and it was cute at the time, and now everybody's like, "Oh, the other thing I should add." And this is Colton was the first Virgin Bachelor, so they they How totally twenty six or twenty seven. One and of he those. He was a virgin. Yeah, yeah, but. He was just waiting for someone he loved, and then the thing that was annoying though was the sur- the the show like oh my god so many stupid puns so many like making fun of that and it was like pretty known he probably lost it to Cassie too so maybe that added an extra element I don't know he's salty <laughs> I think he's just like he feel like he wants he wants her he wants her. So I have no idea, but onto <laughs> that's that's the crazy like who knows kind of bachelor news. Do you have a stalker, Susan? No, I do not have a stalker. <laughs> and then I would just say they just want you. That's <laughs> <laughs> not the same. Thank God. That's I know that is like oof, that's creepy. Um, but on the lighter uh, end of the news, Claire's season of The Bachelorette officially will return on, uh, or it starts on a new night, Tuesday nights on October 13th. And I'm really excited because. So is this when I'm going to start watching? You absolutely should because I okay. think you're going to have a field day with it. But you need to give it a shot. You can't just be there and just be like, like, we know what it is. We know it's not quality. Listen, television. listen, I watch Big Brother and I love it. I do a podcast on Big Brother now. And I'm doing this for you, Susan, so I can have a say with you in a Bachelor segment here. <laughs> That's fine. As long as you don't try to critique it in a sense of like, this is so stupid. This is unrealistic and whatever. Because it's like, we know. Yeah. We know no, what no, it no, is. No, no, I'm getting into. I'm going to okay. talk about the show. Yeah. Talk about okay. what's Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> well, that's the only thing. Obviously, there's stupid people we can talk about, but I don't want to be like, what the, who would do the show? <laughs> it's like. There's but, somebody that wants to have sex with 20 different people, I guess. <laughs> they don't all do that, all right? That's, and I don't think any of them have ever done 20. They typically wait until fantasy suites where they can do three. and they don't get judged for it (laughs) oh that's good that's good i like this all right so does that wrap up bachelor bachelorette in our new segment yes and that wraps up our new segment Mm -hmm. all right i I, i'm looking forward to it less than a month away till i start watching the bachelor bachelorette i am too i can't wait for i want to know what you're gonna be like with the first episode (laughs) claire something else so okay i can't wait i can't wait uh, well, let's move on to our main topic for today on No BS with Brian and Susan. This topic was chosen by Susan herself, so she's going to intro and take over from here. Yeah, I honestly, it came about when I was at my uh, parents' house and I was looking at my VHS collection and I thought, 
honestly, I asked you, I was like, do you have any VHSs still? Because I was surprised with how many I still have. So I was curious. So curious, what, if you have any, what VHSs do you still have? Well, well, first off, first off, do you know what VHS stands for? God, I don't know. It's a video. I don't know what the, I don't know what the H&S stand for. Video home system. No, I did not know that. And it was developed in Japan by the, the company that's still around mostly. Remember the company JVC? Yeah, I do know yep. that, yeah. JVC. Uh, developed that's my VCR. VHS. Yeah, JVC uh, developed the VHS that went to war, of course, with Betamax. Mm. Uh, everybody remembers Betamax. They kind of look like a VHS, but kind of like larger and bigger. And that was Sony, which Sony mm. now owns Blu-ray. So um, interesting little VHS stuff there. And there's something cool because, you know, us cinephiles, we love real to real we love that celluloid and the vhs had that you know that film magnetic tape to it so there was something yeah. about it right mm -hmm. so I, I i liked that um so i just wanted a little little background info on there that's interesting that's interesting i didn't know that so your your, your question was what was it what was the question do you have any vhs's still S short answer no um, you don't even have one. You don't even have one VHS. No, oh not my one VHS. Gosh. What'd my... you do? <laughs> I bought DVDs and Blu-rays. Uh, <laughs> so, okay, the the long answer to that. So, minus home videos from my parents, because you know I'm I was born in '81 when VHS was still a thing. My yeah. parents were born in the '50s, um, the early '50s. So they when the seventies came around, VHS took off. So, uh, I had a ton of VHS growing up. Like we would buy it, but the ones that I still have, and they might just be in storage that are actual of movies. Uh, I would imagine the only one I have to this day is a movie called Pep Squad. Hmm. And it's a very, very extremely low budget movie horror movie called Pep Squad and about killers and cheerleaders in uh, takes fun. place in Wamigo, Kansas. Um, Wamigo, Kansas is a very small town uh, about an hour west of Lawrence, Kansas, where I went to school in KU. And uh, I had some friends that were in the movie that I met at college. And so I found this and I mean, it's nowhere to be found uh, ever. So I found this at like a mom and pop store in uh -huh. Kansas and I bought it and I think it's still the only VHS that I still have and it's in storage Maybe I might have Michael Jackson moonwalker on VHS in there somewhere, but uh, Those are the only VHS I remember having Prior to that before DVD just tons tons and tons and tons of VHS yeah, yeah. Did you just I, donate them or get rid of them? Probably, I, I must have brought them to like movie trading company. Well, not even that. Probably brought them to Half Price Books or Goodwill or something. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But nobody knew they were going to like, I mean, I don't think, I mean, they've made a comeback, yes, in some sort of way. Yeah. But I mean, and this is a person that still owns a VCR. I have a VCR that I just don't have hooked up. Um, yeah. But those are the ones I had. And so in addition to that, um, 
yeah, that was, yeah, that, those are the two I have. What about you? It seems like you have a gigantic collection of VHS still. I mean, it's not like mega huge, but I have all my, my like a pretty good Disney collection in those like still like that, the case. Uh, the big, big white plastic cases? Yes, I have that. Um, I remember my first VHS ever that I, I got and I had like kept in my like whatever shelf was bed knobs and broomsticks and then I like it was all like Disney I have both the like first two Power Ranger movies um (laughs) and then I so a lot of Disney I know I have a VHS like two of my prize VHSs that I would play over and over were Miss Congeniality and the first Charlie's Angels. I have that there. VHSs? Um, What's happening? Those came yeah. out on TV, right? I know, but I was late. I've always been late to technology. I like I, I didn't get an iPhone until like way later. But I had, yeah, no, I was, when DVDs existed, I was still getting VHS. Me. Oh man, I, I'm the opposite of that i was You're on top of it the first like uh, what they call early adopter uh, like i that's what they called us early adopter so once something came out i had it within the week or the day and that's been true ooh, for a long time <laughs> so are you someone that has like the iphone the newest iphone immediately no matter what so when the iphone came out iphone one i waited in line got it day one and i did that for the first mm, five iphones and then mm-hmm. since the first five iphones apple as usual since steve jobs died apple just went downhill completely and anything they release usually is just like a fraction of percent different yeah and so i wait I, now i wait two years to upgrade a phone because usually the phone in between the big ones are like their S series or something uh-huh. and there's not a big difference. So now I just wait two years for each phone and I get it day one, it comes out. So um, that, that that's how I do that. But if there's a, a new like format to watch things in or yeah. a new Blu-ray or 4k player, I am on it. Yeah. You're ahead of the game with me on that. I am um, my, it was way later. And I remember the first time I, cause I watched breakfast club. I remember I watched breakfast club for the first time on like TBS or TNT, like at 2 AM at night when I was younger. And the very next day I went to uh, Best Buy and I bought the VHS for like five bucks. And so I have the V I have every form of breakfast club that's possible, but yeah, I just remember uh, that was obviously a prize VHS too, but it, it's it's mostly it's it's that I think I would say the the Disney is the is the main one. But uh, I was curious, so because because my family too, we have a wide collection of home videos on VHS as well. But I would record that was before DVR. I had to record all my shows or movies that would come on that I wanted. Was there any like series that you would regularly record on VHS? Or any movies that you remember you had recorded that you wanted that you would like rewatch? So when we weren't buying VHS at a retail store, mm-hmm. we would definitely record on HBO or whatever it was. And you'd have to, I remember having to set the VCR to record. Yeah, time. me too. And you have to adjust the tracking. And then there's usually like a, 
like a line moving towards it, like ever so like pulsating through it the whole mm-hmm. time. So there were a few movies that came out. And so this is back when HBO only had one channel, just, just yeah. HBO. There was nothing else. There wasn't HBO West, HBO The Zone or comedy. It uh-huh. was just HBO. So I remember some of the movies uh, recorded on that. Um, and I'm trying to remember like some of them, like mostly I bought those, but TV shows were different. So definitely recorded uh, quite a bit of South Park when that came out. Cause that can't, that, think that came out what 96 97 so it was like 15 16 uh-huh. um i recorded a ton of tgif oh hell yeah i love to watch them over mm-hmm. and there's no on demand back then so you just kind of had to wait for it uh so we did that there was lots of dallas knots landing and uh dynasty that was recorded for yeah. sure um Oh man, <laughs> it's just funny. Maybe Doogie Howser because I was a big fan of that wow. too. Oh, a ton of Alf that I used to record uh, just so I can have that. Oh, and of course, like pro wrestling stuff. I would have yeah. many tapes of pro wrestling, and <laughs> it's just funny to bring up. So in the late '80s, early '90s, they had a device come out uh, release called the VCR Plus. Hmm. I, it, I remember hearing about that. Yeah. And it was like this like big universal remote that if you look in the newspaper, there would be your listing of TV and movies for the week of every channel in the newspaper. Mm-hmm. And it would say what time it was, the title, and then there would be like a eight or nine digit number. And mm-hmm. you would, that was the VCR plus number and you could program that number into your VCR plus and it would automatically record um, if you had a tape set in or something like that and then you can go back and watch it instead of like so it's basically it was scheduling to record on vhs or something whatever so you didn't have to stand there and wait for it to happen and mm-hmm. press record you could leave the house and it would set up automatically and we had that and that was huh. awesome <laughs> yeah i wonder cool. oh man that's such a nostalgic piece of technology that vcr plus <laughs> uh, yeah oh yeah we had that because my dad loved to record stuff too um i know we oh yeah a lot of star trek next generation stuff for mm-hmm. sure but no, he loved to record stuff too and that's that's what we did we used that and i think so there was three vcrs and three tvs in the house there was one in the living room, one in my parents' room, and one in my rooms, because they gave mm-hmm. me early on, knowing because I was the only child, they didn't want they wanted to watch their shows, and they were like, "You can do yeah. your thing." So that was good for me. Little did they know that I would have a collection and just want to buy movies all the time. <laughs> right, right. I didn't have that luxury. I I remember buying the in the game room was my TV, like there the main TV. Although I did end up getting like an old TV in my uh, bedroom that wasn't as good. And uh, did we hook up the VCR eventually there? I think we did, we did. But I, uh, I did really enjoy the TV that I had bought. I remember buying that TV for a hundred bucks, like a big boxy TV. 
and loving. I think we connected the DVD player to that, but that that's nice. why the VHS player was in my room. That's what it was. And the DVD player was in the living room or okay. the game room. I mean, so, uh, but that's why I love my, that's why I always kept my v, VHS collection because I would still watch VHSs in my room. Um, but I recorded so much. I would buy those. You could buy, I think it was like an eight hour blank tapes cassettes. Yeah. They were like eight hour. And I would go through those like so, so much. Sometimes I would ask for them as a gift. I think like, I'd be like, you just need to get me some more blank of those because I would keep stuff. I really like to record. There was episodes that I had recorded. Like I can think of, I know I had like the final episode of a lot of shows recorded. I think we had the final episode of Growing Pain somewhere. Um, <laughs> the final episode of Friends is definitely on there. Uh, the final episode of Boy Meets World, that oh, was on there. Uh, I love TGIF. So, oh, I had the final episode of Sabrina too. And oh. I would re-watch that a lot. Because uh, I love that she ends up with Harvey like that. I never thought that would happen. And when it did, I was like, <laughs> thank the Lord. You knew what to do. Um, <laughs> God, so a lot of, if, if, it was a, if it was a series finale, we would keep that typically on the VHS. But uh, as far as like reusing it, um, I would record Everwood. Um, One Tree Hill was still in that time. I know recorded Gossip Girl even, but uh, even before then, I'd say a lot of TJF. I know I recorded when, every once in a while, we would get um, like, do you remember when they would be like, oh, you're going to have like Disney Channel before it became part of the regular cable, you'd get, you'd have to pay for Disney Channel. Yes. So the same thing with HBO where they'd be like, so we're going to give you like that for like a month or two months or whatever for free. I would like want to record movies and things like that to keep on there. Oh, and I had like a few of the Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen movies recorded, like Double Double Toilet in Trouble, How the West Was Fun, Billboard Dad. Um, I know those were on there. And then my friend also, and I ended up keeping them, but I have like so many episodes of Degrassi, The Next Generation on VHS as well. Recorded. Wow. I was a Degrassi watcher as well. Oh, I like that. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I like the next generation with like Sean and Emma and familiar. Yeah, Manny, all that. Um, But yeah, I just I loved recording stuff and like because you know before DVR that was the time that you could record and fast forward the commercials. Right. So yeah, you could stop recording during the commercial so you could have uh, just a show. Yeah. <laughs> now exactly. we pay a $5 charge to not have commercials ever on our <laughs> streaming services. Oh, on streaming. Oh yeah. yeah. But do you have actual cable? Or are no, you giving up? I, I, oh, I gave up cable. Man, how long has it been? Five years ago, six years ago. That is one thing I will not give up. Trevor knows he, he could be fine without it. I'm like, Nope, I got it. I love my TV. There you go. <laughs> No, I gave it up. It's, uh, I mean, I have all like the stations and stuff, but yeah, it's still, yeah. it's cheaper than like $250 a month for it. Uh, yes, you are right. It, we pay 200 bucks, but that's including our internet too, but, okay. but, and DVR and stuff like right. that. But, um, well, I know when I was a kid, I also rented a lot of VHSs. Uh, I'm assuming you did too. If so, where did you rent? And any favorite rentals? Yes. So, fun story here. 
I did have a Blockbuster card and I went to Blockbuster quite a bit, but there was a mom and pop video store and it was just called the video store. Uh, it really was um, right by the house. And so mm-hmm. used to go there and this was a video store that had a, a back section that was closed off by a door to a porn section. I've never been to one of those. So that's interesting. Yeah, I've only seen that in movies. We're yeah. going to talk about that. <laughs> so, there was a friend of mine named Ben who I went to acting school with and we were in a bunch of uh, theater plays with at a professional play when I was younger. And so I must have been between hmm, 10 and 13 or something like that. And he was maybe a year older or something. Mm-hmm. And him and I uh, were really good friends, best friends. I still keep in touch uh-huh. with him. and him and I at this video store just the the video store we got into horror movies and we made friends with one of the ladies that worked behind the counter and she would let us rent them no matter what our age was so for like a year we would rent every horror movie they had on on VHS and you know looking at the cover like oh we got to see this we got to watch it it's that's the first time I watched Army of Darkness was renting that Mm -hmm. VHS at this that the that video store uh-huh so there was it was mostly horror uh at the video store pretty much (laughs) that was that when i got older you know maybe around the 17 area 16 or 17 area i wasn't allowed Uh to go back in a porn room i did anyway and oh my goodness so (laughs) uh going into a back porn section when you're that young uh-huh. You, at least me, I try to keep a straight face because I'm just giggling, trying to hold it in. And I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and you're looking at all like the covers because the, the porno covers were like double sized and VHS covers. Huh. And on the front, you'd usually see something, but if you turn on the back, you'd see everything. And oh. I remember going back there and just being so nervous excited and thrilled all at the same time and then you walk out of there and you're just like gross (laughs) (laughs) that was funny blockbuster was a different story blockbuster was kind of like i'd go with my parents yeah like the family friendly place it was really well lit inside it was so well lit clean air just like you Mm -hmm. wanted to breathe it in there and then like everything was like very bright and colorful so i remember just reading all the new releases and like going back into the comedy section or sci-fi section and picking out something in, which is uh, Better Off Dead. You ever see that movie? Yeah, a long Cusack, time ago. No, I did, but I don't remember it. I remember it. Yeah, I was gonna say John Cusack, yeah. So there's a movie that I wanted to see in the comedy section. It was called Ghost Fever. And it's kind of like a kid's horror movie type of thing with Sherman Helmsley. And I saw the cover and I'm like, oh, this looks awesome. I'm gonna rent it. So I rent Ghost Fever, get home, I pop in the tape, and it is not Ghost Fever, it is Better Off Dead. So that was the first time mm-hmm. I saw Better Off Dead. I was like, ooh, John Cusack's awesome. Yeah. Uh, bonus win for me. And then I rented video games at Blockbuster as well, like for the Super Nintendo, Nintendo 64. Mm-hmm. Uh, but movie-wise, it was mostly new rentals. And in college, I actually worked at a mom-and-pop video store called Couch Potato Video in Lawrence, Kansas, complete with the own back porn section with a door. Mm-hmm. So I got to be on both sides of that uh, arena. Being yeah. 
worker and working at one of those places. So it was very much like clerks. Oh my gosh. It really was. So, you know, going to school, working at Cash Potato Video, where there is kind of like a, the back porn section. I remember when we get new porn in, we had to shrink wrap it and take the oh video out and put it in the stuff. I would call my roommate and read him the list of the things we got. <laughs> and it was really funny. And, you know, you don't know this when you're renting it, but if you work at a place, it was really, it was really interesting to see people go in the back porn section and they would always come out with a porn and without fail, every single time, 10 times out of 10, would come out with a family movie too. So it would be a porn and, you know, like a Disney animated film. And so my mind was just like, oh, okay, family man right here. He's going to get something for him and the wife and then something for the family to enjoy. Wow. And I just thought that was really funny to, with, without fail, it happened all the time. Oh, Captain I, Captain. That's what I would assume. I'd be like, well, he's going to, that's pleasure for him and his, well maybe him and because his wife back later. then it was really hard to get porn for free on the internet you usually had to right pay for right services. you had to go that way yeah yeah, yeah, yeah you had to pay sure. for service but now it's like all free so uh-huh uh but yeah no i remember rent you know working there during school and it was uh a, it was a great place because you could do your homework and you just get to do all the rentals and being movie lovers like we are imagine yeah. being a place where you can use that as your library oh, and you can yeah. play whatever you want on the tvs they had there and and you, just, you love the inventory you love it what you're selling or whatever so i wanted so badly my dream job was to work at blockbuster when i was like having to apply for jobs at, like in high school and college i never got it i applied twice and never got a job at blockbuster what? i don't understand why i am so like that was I wanted it so badly I think in hindsight I'm a little glad because the hours were a little late for like probably what I preferred just that young because I think Blockbuster could stay open till midnight even. yeah it's like 11 or minute they were open late yeah yeah I don't know how much one was so close the one I applied to is the one in Coppell was right next to my parents house so that's why I liked it it was really close but um no, I just got a job at stupid Victoria's Secret, and I hated it. You worked at Victoria's Secret, Susan? Ugh, it was terrible. I, I had worked no there for idea a about this. About oh, my month. God. I <laughs> hated hate it? it. Because, first of all, I am not a prissy little bitch. Like, <laughs> not that they are like that. That's that's probably rude. But, like, they're so made up because they got to look, like, dressed really nice. Like, I, I do not wear enough makeup to even, I probably looked like a hobo in comparison. But also, they're so pushy with the damn angels card. They'll be like, Susan, they get, get like a headpiece. Like, did you, did you uh, ask them if they needed help? They had a rule of three no's. So you have to think of three different ways to offer help. So you start with like, hi, welcome to Victoria's Secret. Can I help you with anything today? No, I'm just browsing. Oh, well, have you seen that our bras are on sale? No, it's okay. I'm just browsing. Well, it's only, that's only two no's. Susan, Susan, I think that was only two no's. What else? Did you ask them about the angel card? Did you ask them if they want to look at our underwear collection? I'm not pushy like that. And then on top of that, the damn underwear table, the thong table is a nightmare to sort because that, that <laughs> gets tangled up and they'll want you to organize that. But people are still looking through the underwear as you're trying to fix it. So you'll, 
I remember one night, she was like, okay, Susan, you can just go home. Just finish fixing this table of underwear and you can go home. Oh, well, that took me an extra like 45 minutes because it was like constantly getting rummaged through. It was so, ugh, hated that job. Only worked there for a month for good reason. But I digress. I was talking about my dream job at Blockbuster that I never got. <laughs> and, and anyways, before, I will say this too, because when we lived in Irving, we, my mom worked at Fantastic Sam's and it was right next to the Tom Thumb. So we actually, for the longest time, would rent from Tom Thumb. You could rent movies for yeah. uh, 99 cents or $2. I remember that. So I would rent so much. That's how I started. You didn't need a membership or anything. I, I don't know what you gave, but you just rented that way. And I would rent like a lot of, a lot of those, like not the, it was like the next level of like kid movies after cartoon, which is what I call like um, man of the house with uh, Jonathan Taylor okay. Thomas and Chevy Chase. Like that was one that I would repeatedly rent Harriet the spy um, uh, Keenan Kel, what is it? Good Burger. Good Burger. It was like the orange VHS. Yeah. Um, what's it called? House Guest with Sinbad. I remember but, that. And Phil one. Hartman. I remember that. Yeah. Movie. I saw yeah. that in the Jingle, theater. Uh huh. Jingle All the Way. Things like that. Those like adult kid movies. Oh, Richie Rich, uh, Dennis the Menace, all of those. Oh, First Kid, which I recently rewatched on, um, Disney Channel or the Disney Plus and Blank Check, which Blank Check, not as great, but love the first kid. That still absolutely holds up. Uh, but yeah, I loved all of those. And then when we moved to Louisville, that was when, when my brother worked for Blockbuster, which was badass for a while. He worked <laughs> in the uh, like financing part okay, of it. So we, cool. so we could rent like four videos for, um, like for free sometimes. So we would go to different blockbusters and <laughs> try to get like multiple movies, like, cause you were only supposed to rent for a month. And, um, but anyways, yeah, I, I, I remember going from that small selection at Tom Thumb to like the Disney world of uh, blockbuster yeah. when it comes to VHSs was amazing. And um, I think that after that, then I would go more like, I guess I could rent only PG-13 films by that point. Um, I don't know were if I made it to the strict? R. Were your parents strict with you? With movies? Yeah. Yeah, they were. Uh, they, I wasn't supposed to watch anything inappropriate. They trusted my siblings a lot since, you know, they were older. So they'd be like, they were, if they didn't know the movie, they'd be like, Maggie, MJ, is this okay? Is this all right if she watches this? Because they didn't know. So they would like, dictate or i my brother he's so funny because i would if we watched a movie i remember um specifically one of the movies was like jerry Maguire, and if i wanted to watch that like he'd be like before a sex scene he'd be like he'd pause and he'd be like okay get out <laughs> i swear i'd be like get out and i was like really he's like yeah i'll let you know when you can come back in Really? I I, think, yeah. I didn't think, I feel like your parents would have been totally cool with it all and your brother and sister would have been totally cool with you watching all of that. Uh, they, it was like they wanted to be like careful, but I mean, at the same time, I just would watch it when they weren't like, 
the first time I watched Cruel Intentions, uh, my brother and my sister had like rented it and they didn't know, but they left that, like that DVD or I think it was a VHS. <laughs> I, I watched it on my own because I'd be left by myself a lot. So I was like, fuck, I'm going to watch it on my own. And I put it back, rewound it in and put it back. <laughs> Uh, I remember I did that with Original Sin too, the Antonio Banderas and yep. um, Angelina Jolie film. Yeah, I remember that one so well because I made sure to rewind it just back where my sister had left it, and <laughs> so yeah, I, I they they tried to be like careful about. It. They weren't like super strict. I think if I got caught, it wasn't going to be the worst thing, but. I mean, yeah, I wasn't really supposed to be watching, like, I was supposed to wait until I was 17 to be watching our films, unless there were some art films that they didn't care. Honestly, it's just, it's true what they say, like, they've made fun of this, how the only thing they cared about was sex scenes. Although, if there was, like, blow up and, oh, sex scenes and too much bad language, those were the two things that they didn't but, like. But deplorable violence and gore is okay. That's okay. No worries there. That's why I could like, that's why I would on, uh, when I was younger, I would grow up on watching like Freddy Krueger and Jason and all that stuff that I didn't care. <laughs> so I'm just watching, I'm just watching like this person get like ripped open. Okay. As long as there's no cussing, right? It's on the edited channel. So the cussing's gone. Cool. You're good. Oh my. my. My parents never cared what I watched as long as I didn't repeat it in public. Mm they would get mad if I like told a dirty joke that I heard in public. I'm like, I heard yeah. it from you guys. What are you talking about? Right. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but they didn't really, they brought me to all these crazy movies and my cousin showed me all sorts of crazy movies. Yeah. Our movies well, when I like eight years old. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, you can only protect your kids so much because then I, which brings on to my next question too, but you go to sleepovers with your friends or hang out with your friends and if their parents don't care, then you could end up, or if they figure out, wait, you can end up, I was already watching like movies I wasn't supposed to, like other ways. So, uh, but yeah, that made me think of, do you have like a memorable night of a VHS film night that you did? Well, I mean, I figure if you were hanging out with your friends and you sleepovers or something. Yeah, for sure. Like a bunch of the horror movies I mentioned, I do remember one uh, when Dust Till Dawn came out, somebody rented Dust Till Dawn on VHS, and I'd never mm -hmm. seen it. And we watched it. There was like 15 of us. Yeah. And it was a sleepover. And dude, that movie rocked my world. I was like, dude, this movie's awesome. <laughs> because, I mean, for a bunch of like 15-year-old kids, boys, uh -huh. seeing Dust Till Dawn, just all the nudity and grossness and coolness of that movie, oh, man, that was a fun night to watch that movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was super cool. Uh, what else? Oh, one time, um, I had some friends over, girls and guys. My parents were there, and then while we were watching this movie at night in the dark, my parents and their friends were in another room playing cards. Well, they knew we were watching The Exorcist, mm -hmm. and I had seen it before, but none of my other friends, the girls, the guys, I hadn't seen it yet. And uh -huh. so we were watching The Exorcist and my parents' friend, Lynn, snuck out the window and ran around to the back door where we were watching with a, a mask on and a knife and scared oh, the shit no. out of everybody. It was Holy amazing. Shit. So yeah, those were two good moments for VHS watching with friends over for sure. What about you? 
Well, that, that is a good one because I would definitely say uh, Exorcist was one of mine. That was just me with two other girls. But it's memorable because I could not fall asleep during that sleepover. Like, <laughs> I was like, what the fuck did we just watch? It was horrifying. It's still to this day one of the scariest movies I've ever seen. And I, like, I was scared to shut my eyes. If I shut my eyes, I would... And all the other two girls were just fast asleep. And oh, I remember being like, I, cause we slept in the living room and I was like, can we leave the TV on? Like leave it on. And so they like left it on, bring it on. And it ended like, and it was just like the, the light screen. Like it was just, yeah. light. and I just remember just being so scared. So that, I mean, I can appreciate exorcist now, but that was probably the most terrifying watch. Oh, and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, Texas that's Chainsaw a good Massacre. One. That was with a group. The original. The original. Um, we watched that on VHS, like old old school movie. But that was a big portion of us, and it was so scary to me. Um, <laughs> so that one. And I would say the other one. Okay, my friend Bella and I. We would watch. We would rent a lot of movies too, and I think I would. Uh, we rented. Our experience of my best friend's wedding was such a letdown the first time we watched it. We were so confused because that was the first time we watched a romantic comedy where, like, the lead girl doesn't get the guy. And we were (laughs) like, what the fuck just happened? Like, we were like, oh, and this is how naive we were because we didn't know that, uh, God, Rupert Everett's character. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, Rupert Everett, yeah. Yeah, that he was gay. We didn't know he was gay. Oh, that's funny. So hey, that's, yeah. We were, yeah, so, you know, she ends in the film, like, dancing with him. So we were like, oh, okay, she'll end up with him. That's fine. That's, that's a good one. <laughs> like, uh, but it was, and I, it was still fun. And that was, like, a time where um, just, especially when I would watch with friends, I'd watch it, but then on my own, I would, I would rewatch like VHS is like crazy. And I just crazy to think about being patient to rewind a whole movie to, like, yeah. get to watch it. Oh, that's good. That's funny about mm-hmm. the, my best friend's wedding. I remember seeing it mm-hmm. in theater too. Oh, you watched yeah. that one in theaters? Wow. I yeah. Did. I did. Yeah. Some good. VHS memories. It brings back a lot of st- it's, it's nostalgic. It's like it's very comforting. It like uh, I don't know, good times, good times. It is because you know VHS, they DVDs and Blu-rays now are like hard plastic cases, but back then it was just like you know kind of like a slip cover. It felt mm-hmm. good. Artwork is was always amazing. Yeah, um, it was a lot better. Yes, it was. And there's something about the Disney ones too. So interesting about your Disney one. You said you had a big Disney collection of VHS. Mm-hmm. So there was a story that made the rounds where some of these Disney movies were worth money for thousands and thousands of dollars. Yeah. So that is fake news. I know. <laughs> and so how that came about, I think somebody on eBay put one of these up for like $10,000 and it never sold. Mm-hmm. But I think stories took a pull that like, oh, these this certain like diamond edition of Beauty and the Beast is worth $10,000. Yeah. And so, and I've actually had people call me or text me and say like, hey, are these Disney movies worth anything? Yeah, like, no, they're not. 
I know. Right. That's exactly. I got really excited. It was Beauty and the Beast. And I remember because I was like, oh, I think I have that exact one. And I got really excited. And I saw that one that was going for like, I think, it, yeah, like $10,000. And then I looked it up. I was like, this isn't worth anything. I don't know what, maybe down the line. But honestly, I, I love my collection. I, I, I really enjoy showing my niece and nephews uh, the VHSs, like they'll pick a movie, which is that in itself. Like, I want to watch Power Rangers. I want to watch Little Mermaid, whatever. But uh, it's just so interesting how they, especially the first time, I remember the first one I showed them was they picked 101 Dalmatians. And they're like, what is this? Why? What is rewinding? Like, what is that? As I have to rewind it. Like, uh, but they like it. And I just, it's, yeah, it's I would, the I love, analog like, way. Yeah. That's too funny. That's too funny. Mm -hmm. Oh, VHS. I mean, so VHS has come back in a little way and our, our friends and colleagues, James Cole Clay and Preston Bard are pretty huge into yeah. VHSs and they, they, they still buy it. Um, I know. They have, a, a, along with Blu-rays and 4Ks and DVDs and all that stuff. So mm -hmm. I don't think I'll be a collector. I just appreciate the ones I have. That's all. No, so like I don't, I mean, yes, to your prerogative, each his own, do VHS. I don't see the mm -hmm. point in it just because the quality of video is so much better. And you might say like, oh, you still listen to records, but I do think yeah. records sound better still than CDs or MP3s. And they do because there's no, it's all lossless analog audio. So, um, unless you're going for those lossless CDs that cost like 50 bucks, uh -huh. you're not getting like a, you know, a record album sound quality because it was all compressed onto a digital file and not onto an album. So, um, that's why I still do turntables, but I don't do VHS just because I really enjoy the crystal clarity 4k, stuff like that motion rate, the high motion rate, stuff like that. So yeah. maybe at some point I'll put in a VHS and get the nostalgic feel of like the real grainy look and just something like that, but I haven't gotten there yet. And man, I just don't want another collection really. <laughs> no, I don't want a collection, but like I said, I, I understand why someone would would want a collection and would want to go back and watch VHSs. I do get it because I, having watched some with my niece and nephews again, the, I don't know. There is a, it's, it's still good, but yeah, I'm, I love my DVDs and the, I, yeah, it's just, I can appreciate it all. You heard it here. Susan love DVDs. I do. <laughs> I do. <laughs> all right. So does that wrap up our main segment, yes. our VHS segment? Yes, it does. Yes, you it know, does. You know, what, you know what that means, right? It's time for the freaking uh, Brian's blind watch pick. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. Okay. So blind watch, people. This is our segment, blind watch, again, where Susan and I switch off from episode to episode picking a movie that we both haven't seen neither mm -hmm. of us mm -hmm. ha can have seen it yet yeah. so i'm going through you know like a like 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 a like a happy little man going to pick something <laughs> romantic comedy <laughs> yeah right. yeah and so i land on this movie that i believe is on hulu as mm -hmm, a it is and this movie is called pathology pathology 
And it was distributed by MGM and it was released on April 18th in 2008. So it's kind of a newer movie. It, you know, newer? Sure. I guess. 11 years old. It's in the 2000s. Okay. Sure. Um, and so the movie came out. The It made only $3 million and we'll tell you why. Oh, no shit. That's too much. Right? So this movie was directed by a dude named Mark Schollerman. And it was, it stars an insane cast, including Milo Ventimiglia, um, mm. who you know from, <laughs> as Jack from uh, This Is Us, Jess from Gilmore Girls, uh, Petrelli from uh, Heroes, and a bunch of other things. Also, Alyssa Milano's in this movie. Uh, Michael Weston, Lauren Lee Smith, Johnny Whitworth. You'll see just tons of people you've recognized in movies. So what this movie... So, okay, first off, I picked this movie. And how I picked this movie was I, I picked, like, you know, best movies or something like that I've never seen or something like that. And so mm-hmm. I I went there and I was like, okay, so... This, this looks okay, and I started reading about it, and I was like, okay, so it stars this pretty cool cast. It kind of looks kind of like a thriller, horror, serial killer type of movie that takes, that focuses on a group of pathologists or forensic, forensic doctors um, that seem to want to kill people for fun and see if they can get away with it because they are in the business of you know, finding out how to commit the perfect crime, basically. Yeah. So before going into this, I was like, oh, I'm real excited about this movie. I'm like, this might be a great one. Because I try to pick oh. really good ones. Is yeah. the same way? No, I was, I think I told you, I was most excited, I think, about this pick. Out of all your picks, I looked it up. At first you said, have you seen Pathology? And I was like, Ugh, what is that? And I look it up, I see the cast, and I'm like, ooh. And I read the synopsis, and I'm like, ooh, I feel this because it reminded me a little bit of Murder by Numbers, which is a good movie. And, yeah, I was excited. I, I, I didn't think it was going to be what it was. So I was so, fine with it. So, yeah, we were excited going into this movie. Mm-hmm. And let's – so, <laughs> again, how Susan and I do these – we watch them together at our respective houses mm-hmm. and we text while we watch it um, throughout the whole movie. So it's, it's really fun. Mm-hmm. So by the end of the movie, there's like, you know, 100, 150 texts <laughs> throughout yeah. the whole movie. So we're watching it and there comes a point, it starts off a little, a little light, like not like slow, but like, okay, there's a little gore here, but then it jumps into the deep end almost immediately. And Susan, can you describe to everyone, our listeners, what this movie turned into be? It turned into a borderline uh, pornography with like <laughs> murder, like fucked up, fucked up, like Requiem Dream meets murder and hardcore porn. Like, I, I don't even know. It was, it was. It had no direction, honestly. It went all over the place. We were watching this together, and there was just so many texts of, holy shit, what are we watching? Why is this happening? (laughs) It was was a lot of, I think that was the most, like, holy shit, what the fuck? 
what? Like, and it was funny because it was already there in the beginning and it just kept getting in more insane. Yes. And it, oh God. I, oh. Okay. So yeah, go ahead. to give you a little background about this movie or like what it's a little about, uh, Milo Ventimiglia, I, I'm sure I'm saying <laughs> his name right. Can't ever say his name. Milo is, uh, V. Is it Ventimiglia though? I've heard it so many different ways. Um, I say Milo. 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 So he plays a dude named Ted Gray, which Gray's Anatomy. Yeah, Dr. Gray. Gray. I was thinking Gray's Anatomy the whole time. Yeah, Fifty Shades of Gray. So Milo plays this brand new, you know, newbie forensic scientist pathologist who is accepted into this group of very young, very posh very abrasive other forensic students um and he's he he, so he leaves town his and his girlfriend Alyssa milano uh back home yeah fiance so he can do this job and make some money and so Mm -hmm. he's really good at his job he's like the whiz kid he's the prodigy and Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, he starts to realize that this group of other people his age that are pathologists start to kill people uh, in a way so that it makes, so the, these dead bodies will turn up on their, their table and they can get away with murder by saying like, oh, it, he suffocated on this drug or he did this or something like that. Yeah. He fell and hit his head where really these pathologists would murder them viciously. Mm-hmm. So, that's how the movie starts out. It's gross because they're showing all like the autopsies and the bone crunches of the saw and the clippers and all of that stuff. Well, they go further and start to have sex with the body, not with the body, not with them on top yeah. of the bodies and sex with each other on top of the bodies. And then they go a step further than that by using the instruments and needles on themselves to stimulate more erotic pain. Mm. And show all of it. <laughs> yeah. I will say they tried to, and it's twisted because they turn it into a game and that's how they, cause, and they incorporate, they, they get Milo in there and they're like, you'd want to join the game. And it, it's trying to see if you can uh, figure out how they did murder these people. That's where they get like the fun of it is like, you're not going to figure it out kind of thing. But, but yeah, they, it's getting away with murder, but it's, the sex scenes, there's one specific one that I could barely watch, just involving needles. And it what, was... Describe I, it, describe it. Well, I mean, it's just like they're they're having sex on, like, the uh, whatever, their table that they normally, like, look at the bodies. Um, and they're just, they're doing all sorts. It's like this couple, they're having sex, but they're also... Uh, there's one shot you just see like a bunch of needles on his chest stabbed in one is like sh- shot through her nipple um what yeah. else didn't they do other stuff with each other oh they were they're like cutting each other with a scalpel yeah. like yeah there's legit a scene where she licks the um like scalpel cuts her tongue i'm like uh that wouldn't heal very quickly you're just fucking like cut your tongue in half what yep you know, it, it goes some really dark places. And it's not a happy movie at all. No, no. It, it, 
And so they try to do like a seven type of thing with the movie. And mm-hmm. I called it early on. You did. <laughs> we'll reveal that. We'll reveal that. But yeah, there's something that I call I call in the movie early on. I sent a text to Susan. I'm like, this is happening. And it, it turns out it happens. There's like, why did this need to happen? Because there's love triangles that don't make sense and people getting jealous. I think that's what's really frustrating, honestly, is that there's not enough character development with really any of these characters, especially with the lead, Milo's character. It makes no sense. One, when he he gets to the job and he's this badass and you're like, okay, and he he's kind of a prick back to these people that are being, the group is really rude to him at first. And he's a prick back and you're like, all right, good for you. Stand your ground. You know you're, what you're worth. And within a day, he it's like he's their little puppet like he's like oh i want to impress you i want to go out with you guys i want to be one of y'all out of nowhere and it makes no sense why he would be like that like you can assume maybe he doesn't feel like he's good enough uh and this was all from but they don't that's just assumption you're not that wasn't shown to you you have to kind of put your own pieces together and after that then it makes no sense of like some of the relationships that are created it that bothered me the most because though, of course, I'm rooting for Milo because he is the lead and he somewhat has the moral compass a little bit. Uh, <laughs> he's he's not, you're like, his decisions don't make sense. It's okay if a character makes stupid decisions, but you get why they do that. You're like, oh, he had a bad upbringing. Oh, he was poor and he never fit in. And now he gets to fit in. Like something, it makes, he seems to have had everything great. Everything yeah. was going for him. And, and he wants to impress these losers. Like, yeah. Who are killing people. Who are killing people. <laughs> like, that's the thing. And I don't understand it. He's got this, like, gorgeous, uh, wonderful fiance who's way better than the, like, sorry, like, she's definitely, she sleeps it's around a girl. Mulatto, yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, this it's, it's not a spoiler. You see it right out the gate. This is the, the like, she's known as the whore of the movie and i you have it makes no sense why he would want to even touch that compared to his fiance right and then and then the the main protagonist or antagonist of the movie the bad guy the villain uh played by uh michael weston who you've seen in a bunch of things uh there's the stereotypical horror thing where it looks like the evil guy is dead and killed, mm. but then he shows back up. And this happens here, and it just does not make sense. You're like, how did he escape this fiery explosion? Oh, yeah, that made no sense. Yeah, no, I hate That was so stupid. It feels very rushed, too. Like, just a lot of things don't make sense in this movie. This was a very poorly made film. It really was, and... It was our blind watch. We both, this is one of the only ones that I think we both went in very excited for. Mm -hmm. And it shot us, it shot us down quickly. It really did. It really did. It was, the acting is good. We can say the acting is good. Um, Yeah, it's serviceable. Yeah, it was, that was fine. Um, But that's it. But that's all I would give it is that. Right. And then so we talked a little bit about after the we watched it and we're like, do you think Milo showed this movie <laughs> to his cast members of This Is Us? It's like, hey, watch me in this movie. Yeah. I, would, <laughs> I actually think that would be a really fun viewing if they all watched it together to sit there with Jack, who is 
in character, the most, in character right, Jack like, before he was what he like what he did in in the in the show uh, as right. a profession. He was an actor, and to have a like a Blu-ray bonus feature of the cast watching it in character talking about that movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh my man. god, that'd be so funny. Yeah. <laughs> I hope that I I would love to know what he thinks of that movie now. And you know, movies like that, they're fun to make. I'm sure for actors, they don't always want to make this like Oscar quality, Emmy quality kind of movie or show. They, they do like these like shitty movies sometimes. I don't know if he knew it was going to be as bad as it came out. Well, I think on paper on the script was probably a little pretty good. Like you're just kind of like, Oh yeah. It's awesome. This sounds awesome. I'm in. And it's, you know, he's coming off of Gilmore Girls where he was typecast as, you know, this one sway. And then in this movie, he's definitely not, you know, and then just the movie wasn't executed well. So Right. That's all it was. I totally get why. I actually really do get why the people would agree to the script. And they're hoping, but it's just like, it also wasn't well edited either. It was really bad at editing. So, yeah. Well, there you go. Our blind watch, uh, Pathology, it is on Hulu. You can watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want. <laughs> it currently has a 43% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, there you go. Um, <laughs> Would you recommend it? Should people watch it? <sighs> That's hard to say. Um, no. No. <laughs> no. Like, I would recommend it. Like, if you're looking for something with Milo and you just want a real fucked up movie, that's not good. Sure. But no, I wouldn't recommend Don't See Pathology. Yeah. It just, it doesn't make sense. Unless you're looking for like almost torture, actual porn, then then there you go. That's a good, yeah, it's torture porn. (laughs) Before, yeah, right. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. I wonder if they (laughs) pitched this. Like, this is like seven and murder by numbers and saw. Yeah. Porn. (laughs) Like, here's money to make this. Go do it. They're like, awesome. Awesome. Well, we're signing up. And I will say Alyssa Milano, fully nude in this movie. <laughs> there you go, guys. I did not expect it, but yes. <laughs> I mean, granted, we won't get into spoiler territory, but yes, there is a fully nude scene with Alyssa Milano in the movie. There you go. Crazy. I mean, imagine that. This movie that we hate so much, for somebody like Alyssa Milano, it'll be like, I'm fully nude in this movie. That's pretty she, crazy. She too thought it was going to be something great. There you, <laughs> you go. Know? Would you have liked it better if there was a fully nude Milo? No. I mean, I think we still see enough of him. No, it doesn't make, I don't care about like nudity. That's not enough for the, give me a good story. Like it doesn't even make sense. <laughs> I, that's my, actually, that's my biggest pet peeve. I don't mind if, I mean, if a movie sucks, it sucks, but I hate when it doesn't make sense. That yeah. pisses well, yeah. me off. Yeah. There you go. This movie made no sense. Pathology. Please yeah. go watch it on Hulu. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, have fun. There you go. Have fun. All right. So our last little segment here, honorable mentions, where we talk about little uh, movies we've watched, little TV shows we've watched um, that we want you to see that are coming out. First up, Antebellum, the new horror movie from Janelle Monet. I've heard good things. I've heard really bad things. Susan, are you in the middle or are you on one of those sides? I I think I'm more on the middle just because I don't think, I don't just think it deserves the hate that it's been getting. Um, it's just, I still think it's worth watching because it is, that's a movie that was well-made. 
It, it was, it's shot beautifully. I love the soundtrack. I love the colors. Um, great acting all around. Uh, it, and it's not a bad script. It's not like it's like, it's just you can tell they were trying to do what Get Out did. And they just don't do that. I think they spent way more time with their production, which isn't a bad thing, but it the script suffered for it because it just ended up being a very less thought out version of Get Out. Or, or yeah, like it, it just, they go somewhere with the story that's interesting. It's a great idea, but then they don't give you anything fresh besides that. It's, it's very safe. It's very basic and you're, I kind of describe it as like when you eat sushi, you're like, ooh, this is good. It's pretty and it tastes like expensive and stuff. But you're hungry later, like an hour later, wanting more. That's how I feel it was. Like I wanted more from that. Well, Antebellum, that's coming out when? Uh, this Friday, September 18th. This Friday, there you go. New horror movie by Janelle Monet. Mm-hmm. Next up, The Broken Hearts Club, a new romantic comedy. Broken Hearts Gallery. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Not The Broken Hearts Club. The Broken Hearts Gallery. The Broken Hearts Gallery coming out, I believe, on Netflix. It's getting... No. Through- no, what? It's not? No, it's not on Netflix. No, it's, uh, it's available on demand. It's just on demand. You can rent it or you can watch it in theaters too. It's in select theaters as well. Okay, so... It's- I'm wrong. Uh, I'm hearing good things. It's super cute. I love it. That's another one that I actually think, I still think they could have done more with with the plot, but it has a great premise about how, um, you know, I think we all have been in relationships where maybe we kept little trinkets here and there as like reminders, especially if you didn't find someone new, you know, you you keep things. Um, And it turns into let's create a broken hearts gallery where everyone can contribute to this gallery and leave little pieces. Like then it it makes it easier to let go of these items that you've been holding on to. But it's cute. Um, I think it's out of all the rom-coms this year, it's up there. Uh, I would say like Palm Springs and that, I think Palm Springs was better, but I, uh, I still, I just, the acting, the, the charm of, um, Geraldine, I cannot say her last name, but the lead actress, and uh, Dacre Montgomery, they have amazing chemistry. Uh, she is fantastic in the movie, and just them alone makes the movie worth watching. Oh, word. And that comes out again when? That's actually already out. It's it came out. out. Yeah. And so you can either go to theaters or I think there's on demand options. Cool. All and right. Yeah. Broken Hearts Gallery, not on Netflix, but on demand. There we go. Mm-hmm. We got it. All right. For some reason, I thought it was on all that. All right. Moving on, Blackbird, not to be confused with the Beatles song, Blackbird, or Black Box, um, but yeah. Blackbird. Um, Did you watch that at all? I have not watched it yet. Uh, fucking sad movie. Um, I think it's coming out tomorrow. I don't know if it's coming out like on demand or what. I would assume on demand. Um, It's uh, Susan Sarandon plays like a terminally ill mother who arranges one last weekend to have her family there before she's going to be basically like put to sleep. Like she doesn't want to wither away. She wants to be remembered like healthy and everything. So she's, this is like her last weekend with her family. And then her husband's a doctor and she's going to drink some things that's just going to 
put her to sleep. And it is, if you want to cry forever, <laughs> like that is the movie. I had no idea what I was getting into and I just bawled my eyes out the entire time. Uh, I mean, I love Susan Sarandon. That probably didn't add, like help it. Um, but it has a great cast. Uh, Susan Sarandon, Kate Winslet, who's married to Rain Wilson. Woo, woo. Love Rain Wilson. He's great in it. Uh, Mia, I'm gonna, I never say her last name right. Um, Mia Wysokowska. She was uh, Alice in Wonderland. Uh, but it's cute. I mean, it's not cute. It's, it's, a, it's unique. It's, it's fine. It's an emotional, it's really sad film, yeah. Yeah, so if you want to watch that, I don't know. Um, and then there's The Nest, which I honestly like you'd be into, Brian, but I also like, I actually put that because I did not like The Nest at all. It stars Jude Law, and it's literally like this movie of like trying to keep up with the Joneses kind of feel where you're this guy constantly is trying to be successful and sacri- like loses because he's trying to keep up images and spend money and feel like, Oh, I'm so rich. My family's doing so well. He ends up like losing everything because he just cares more about giving off that rich image, but it's, it's not good. A lot doesn't happen. It's slow. And that's another one to me that doesn't really make sense either. But But I I think that comes out. (laughs) Maybe you'd like it. It comes out on demand um, this, this Friday as well. So, and then I just recently watched uh, Love Life on HBO Max with Anna Kendrick. Have you seen that? I have seen that. What did you think of that? I liked it for the most part, but I can't, I couldn't get behind the time frame in this show. Like, mm-hmm. there's like one episode where she finds out she's pregnant and the, the very next following episode, she's had the baby and it's like eight months old. So I'm like, where are we headed? Why is this headed here? And yeah. I didn't like that aspect of it, of the time jumps in each episode, because it didn't make sense. But I liked her enough. And I mean, I'd give another season a shot, but I'm not like just looking forward to it. And you know, it's an anthology, right? Like they're going to start with somebody new next season. Oh, they are? Okay, there you go. Yeah. So it was like, that was her story. And then next season, it starts with a brand new person's love story, but she might make appearances. So I do, I like that. That is why I liked it because I don't want to, I like that we saw her love line. Like, uh, I do wish we got more with the guy she ends up with, like the person, like her person. Um, I really liked him. Uh, so if they do in season two, bring her back, I'd love to see more of him with her. And yeah, it was good. I thought, I thought, um, I just was really, I love relationship stuff. I love like that romantic comedy kind of thing. And, you know, I love Anna Kendrick. So I highly recommend Love Life on HBO Max. There you go. I have some, uh, some honorable mentions this week. Yeah, please. All right. Uh, one is the new Gerard Butler movie directed by Rick Roman Walk, who directed uh, The Rock in Snitch and mm-hmm. the most recent Angel Has Fallen movie. And now this movie called Greenland. And it is about uh, scientists discover a comet that has broken up and exploded and a bunch of the fragments are coming to Earth in 48 hours to kill everyone. And... Gerard Butler, since he is in the profession he is, which is uh, he builds skyscrapers, basically. Um, He is 
uh, notified that him and his family are available to go to Greenland, the country, um, to go underground and survive this uh, impact and come out and help rebuild after the fallout of a giant comet hitting Earth. So on paper and how I just described that, it sounds like Independence Day, it sounds like the day after tomorrow in all these stupid disaster flicks. Well, it's not. It is way more grounded and it is only, only about Gerard Butler trying to get his family to a plane to get to Greenland and all the chaos that kind of ensues with people in trying to get there. And with the impending doom of, you know, something like this happening, it is so well done. It is great. Uh Um, I like that aspect of it because if you've seen his other movie, Snitch, which stars The Rock, that's like a violent drug action movie, but The Rock does no fighting in that movie. It's very low key and grounded. And that's what I like about that. It's like the people's stories. Uh-huh. So this is about Gerard Butler's story of trying to get his wife and his young son to, and himself to this Greenland place to survive. And just all the stuff that happens in between that, between that. So less explosions but more character development and like suspenseful situations of trying to deal with people to get there so it was pretty good i enjoyed it it was supposed to come out this weekend but um it got pulled so as we mentioned (laughs) yeah we don't know when it's going to come out um another one we should recommend i think we uh mentioned it already but it's coming out soon enola holmes on netflix it is a new movie starring millie bobby brown from stranger things as Enola Holmes, Sherlock Holmes' much younger sister, whose mother goes missing, and she sets out and tries to find her, uh, along with her brother, Sherlock Holmes, who's played by Henry Cavill. Uh, it's a super I'm definitely going to watch that one. It is amazing. It's done by the same uh, filmmakers as Fleabag and Killing Eve, so it breaks the fourth wall like Deadpool a lot, talks to the camera. It's super fun. Uh, great, great little thing there. Also, You mentioned HBO Max. I will mention HBO Max. There is a TV show that's concurrently running right now on HBO Max. It is called The Vow. The Vow is a documentary series based on the Nexium group. Oh, shut up. Really? You heard about this cult, this sex cult with all the actors and actresses in it that all got arrested and put in jail recently. Well, luckily, this cult filmed literally everything up until they got uh, arrested. (laughs) Amazing. And it's all in there and all the actors and actresses are in there. And so far, I think there's been four episodes and it's so well done because they have so much goddamn footage. And so they show all the past footage and then the people who got out and realized what it was interviewed now and it's amazing. And it is just, it's so great. So the first episode kind of starts out with just giving you like orientation of this Nexium group and like, oh, this is what we do here. This is great. And then from then on, you start seeing this some crazy shit. <laughs> it's so much fun. It's called The Vow. Uh, Susan's right up your alley. <laughs> when, when is it done? Because I'd rather watch it when it's all done. How many episodes is there going to be? I don't know. It might be eight or 10, but I don't think mm-hmm. it's done yet. So, but, but there's been four episodes and I, I highly recommend watching it now just because it's, it's crazy. And it's crazy for what they were doing, 
in yeah. this cult that they filmed all of it. Do we see Chloe from Smallville? Yes, you see, you see everybody. You see Amazing. everybody in there. I want to see this so bad. <laughs> I'm so fascinated by this story. And the Lifetime movie that they did on this did not deliver anything. I hated it. Right. Yeah, you see the two Smallville people, which is Allison Mack and the other girl, that Chloe or whatever. Allison no, Allison Mack, Mack is Chloe. Yeah. Oh, Allison Mack is Chloe. She was also uh-huh. in um, uh, Camp Nowhere. Mm-hmm. And then the other Smallville person. And then you have the Battlestar Galactica people. Who's the other Smallville person? I'm trying to remember the other Smallville person. There's another Smallville person in there, though. Um, Okay. There's a couple Battlestar Galactica people in there and a few others. But it's crazy. It's crazy. So uh, the Val, uh, those are my honorable mentions for this week. Be sure. Yeah, and that wraps up our episode, episode 13, all about VHS. Uh, The episode was called be kind rewind so be mm-hmm. please rewind your dvds and blu-rays and <laughs> copies. there is a way to do it you just have to figure it out oh sure uh, <laughs> uh yeah and we'll be back next time it's susan's blind watch next time so hopefully she picks out pathology too in space <laughs> <laughs> right milo in space and yeah. um we'll have some more great news for you guys and girls and yeah, we're just happy to be doing this still. Um, and we'll let you know if we get back into that theater full time. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for listening. <laughs>